My name is Calypso. Exactly one year ago on Christmas Eve, my twisted metal contest destroyed the City of Angels. Down below, life has come to a halt as survivors struggle to stay alive. Calypso! Calypso, what have you done? What have you done? With the city awash in flame, nothing left to destroy. I face a dilemma. Where will this year's Twisted Metal Contest take place? Fourteen of the world's best combat drivers have already been chosen, ready to battle to the death in hopes of becoming the victor and claiming whatever prize their brave hearts desire. But where will the contest be held? Oh, the world will be my battleground. Paris, Hong Kong, even Antarctica. There will be no safe zones this year, no places to hide. In the next 24 hours, the entire world will know my name. They will see my beautiful work of art firsthand. No one will be safe. I promise you that. Good luck, driver. Welcome to Twisted Metal. Episode 57 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I am your host, Nick, and I am joined by the minion to my outlaw, John. How are you doing today, John? Tired. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Should we cancel this? Yeah. Let's let's do this. (laughs) I'm not vibing with it. No, I'm I'm feeling great, Nick. Feeling good. Just need to shake off the cobwebs a little bit, probably. Okay. All right. I'll help with that. I won't force you to bring the uh, topic right here in the header this time, because I got a few. Good. All right, the first one is we got an anniversary. It is the 15th anniversary of PlayStation Trophies. Mm. They came out all the way back on July 8th of 2008, and so it has turned 15. And we don't like trophies, do we here? Nick, trophies are probably one of the main driving forces for why I'm into (laughs) video games as hard as I am. So I know they're silly. I know they're stupid. There's lots of people that don't give them any credence at all, which I... 100% 100% respect. It's a kind of a dumb reason to play games for any other reason than I just want to enjoy myself. But right. <laughs> it just scratches, it tickles my brain in a specific way. And, and I remember I remember pretty pretty clearly the moment that trophies clicked for me. You know, my, my very first one uh, was Rezogun. So got that obviously pretty shortly after the PS4 came out. And then Rocket League just happened naturally. And I was like, you know what, let me let me look into these. And then it was just a deluge of games. <laughs> it was, you know, Alienation into Rayman Legends, uh, into, you know, some weird things like the Deadly Tower of Monsters, which was a random PS Plus extra game back in the day or, or Essentials. But trophies are important, man, at least to me, not to everybody, but they are an important part of the ecosystem for sure. Yeah, do you do you remember when they were rolled out, or is that way too early for you? No, I wasn't invested that much into the industry on this. Yeah. L- I was playing video games, but like I I wasn't following any of that stuff. So yeah, um, no, I don't don't remember that spot a lot. Yeah, it was weird because they, obviously the PlayStation Three had been out for a minute, so not a lot of games had them. And I remember like games like Uncharted getting them retroactively uh, after the fact. 
and other games like that. But And it wasn't smoothly either. I believe they launched it, and then they had to quickly pull it back because it wasn't working mm-hmm. to launch it again. So, <laughs> Do you know the, the first game with trophies? On my current account, it is Horizon. Oh, for you. So I meant like the first game that got trophy oh, support. Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. So no. Super Stardust HG. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Which I have the Super Stardust portable one, so, you know. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so take but, uh, that, Nick. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously we're both big trophy fans, and, yeah, it, it's one of those things that you got to thank Xbox. You know, it, this, was, this was birthed out of achievements, mm-hmm. which whoever came up with that idea – very smart achievements were great and uh, sony had to follow suit because again it gamified a game you know there's it was a way to extend out your your love of video games like you said if you cared uh you know like people care about their gamer score people Mm -hmm. care about how many platinum trophies they got and it's just i just wish that there was a way in the current ecosystem to display them better yeah that's that's the problem is like your social page for your profile is very yeah i mean it's definitely something that i think needs to continue to grow and hopefully sony's not just like oh you know we're just gonna leave it where it is because yeah there's there's you know benefits to that um you know and and i wish they had maybe a little bit stronger of a say with some of the curation of trophy lists because there also are just garbage trophy lists right. out there that you know the developers are just what you know what are you thinking adding you know you got to beat this game five times to get the platinum it's like I, I understand that they are a avenue to explore every single corner of a game which is which is great that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why i do them because then i Elden Ring is a great example. I can feel confident putting that game down now, even though I know there's probably a little things I, I missed here and there. Right. But it's a good way to do that. Um, but, you know, yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to maybe have a little bit more, mm, I don't know, just just curation there. Um, but, yeah, and, and figure out a way, you know, if Sony really is wanting to do a mobile initiative, you know, to make sure that the games that eventually come out from Savage Game Studios or whatever the case, that there is trophy support, and then that would maybe open up because as far as I understand, as I know, there's no other way to gain trophies besides on just their consoles, right? There's no like, there's currently no PC support for trophies through, through no. playing their games on Steam or anything like that. No. So hopefully, getting a way to do that. But um, yeah, man, I uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> they feel pretty good when you get them, man. Popping a popping a platinum trophy and like cup something like Cuphead is is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. Again, it's just it's just added value to games if you're into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you said, you can just you can just beat Cuphead, or you can really get into Cuphead and go for that platinum. Yep. You can just beat Neon White, or you can really get into Neon White and go for the platinum. So. Yeah, and, and I think that's you know I'm I'm I would never advocate for somebody to go out there and be like every game you play get the platinum. Like that's stupid. But yeah. like it's just <laughs> yeah. Like I I was. You don't want to be Hakum? Hakum? Uh, no, not that. That guy looks so sad and tired. <laughs> he, he for those who don't know, I think he's like. Or at least at one point he was the current like platinum trophy leader, and he had over a thousand. And right. It's just an insanity. Um, but I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Hakum, <laughs> his 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 sad face popped in my brain, and it just wiped everything else. Um, but no, trophies are great. I love them. I will continue to play with those at the front forefront of my mind. That was a pretty lengthy introduction we just did. Too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, did I shake the cobwebs off? You did. You did. Okay. Yeah. Good. Trophies good. will do that. <laughs> And just one more smaller announcement is that Evan Wells, the co-president of Naughty Dog, a studio that we love very much so, uh, in which he shares it with, um, boy, I'm just having the biggest blank. Druckmann. Yeah, Neil Druckmann, of course, of 
Last of Us and Uncharted fame. Uh, they kind of ran Naughty Dog together, and now Evan Wells is leaving. It's going to just leave Neil Druckmann on top of all the thousand things he's doing already between the Last of Us television show and the Last of Us multiplayer project and whatever other games they're working on. You know, he's going to run this studio too, so... Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first and foremost, yeah, congrats to Evan Wells. I can't think of probably anybody in the industry who could have a better just 25-year career. When, right. you, when you look at that guy's profile, that he was he was the the top one of the top dogs to ship the entire Uncharted franchise, all the you know everything from The Last of Us. Um, I'm not sure what Naughty Dog games go back to his very very early tenure, but it could even be something like you know Crash Bandicoot Three, uh, Crash Team Racing, stuff like that. But um, Obviously, had a very good eye for for high quality and leadership at that studio, and you know it's uh it's it's always you know bummer to see these kind of guys go. But with Druckmann at the helm, like there's nothing, absolutely nothing to worry about. I I don't expect this to change any no. any of the output from Naughty Dog. No, which is not great. at all. So it just like I said, it's just that's why it's just a small thing. It's he like, just yep. gets to ride off into the sunset. Yeah, very and very, very wealthy. I'm very sure. wealthy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah. All right. So we have a lot to talk about. So let's get into the show. This is how it works. John and I both bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be a news item. It can be a topic we feel like talking about. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com if you want us to talk about something specific. Or it can be a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Or it can be a comment on our YouTube page at PlayStation Pals. Any of those things. You can tell Nick that items are don't belong in Smash Brothers. At, no, any, I, at any of those things. Apparently, I'm right because nobody said otherwise. So, <laughs> oh, okay, you're gonna spin that in your direction. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, any of those things, we bring it and we talk about it for a total of six things. We like to keep things concise on this show, unless we're talking about PlayStation trophies. Then we get a little bit off. <laughs> but uh, that's how the show works. So, John, you're gonna kick things off. Let's yep. do it. All right. So, you know. Much to probably Nick and I's chagrin, you know, the, something big happened this week. Have to talk about it. But hopefully this is going to be one of the last times we have to talk about it. I um, think so. You know, so. But FTC, Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, the the saga seems to be coming to a close. Uh, this week we did finally get uh, confirmation from the judge out in California on their decision for uh, if Microsoft is allowed to uh, purchase Activision Blizzard. And they basically said, yes, they are. Um, to give a little bit more context, the FTC was trying to file for a preliminary injunction. Please don't ask me what that means. All I really know <laughs> is that if it was granted, they would put a severe kink into this whole thing at the point where it would have put the kibosh on the whole thing because there was this July 18th date floating around that they needed to try and get this thing closed by. So really, they were coming in at the skin of their teeth, but they did not grant the injunction, uh, which means that the CMA out of the UK is really the only governing body um, that has put a severe kink in this. So I, I would expect this to go forward at this point. But just going to read a quick little quote from uh, Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley, who oversaw the case. Um, and this is what she says, end quote. Microsoft's acquisition of Activision has been described as the largest in tech history. It deserves scrutiny. That scrutiny has paid off. Microsoft has committed in writing, in public, and in court to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years on parity with Xbox. It made an agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Switch, and it entered several agreements for to several agreements to, for the first time, bring Activision's content to several cloud gaming services. 
This court's responsibility in this case is narrow. If it, it is to decide if, notwithstanding these current circumstances, the merger should be halted, perhaps even terminated, pending resolution of the FTC administrative action. For the reasons explained, the court finds the FTC has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim. This particular vertical merger in this specific industry may substantially lessen competition. To the contrary, the, rec the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision content. The motion for the preliminary injunction is therefore denied. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I know you're bored, Nick, but this is important. Activision Blizzard has also reacted to the decision from quote or from Bobby Kotick, unquote, our merger will benefit consumers and workers. It will enable competition rather than allow entrenched market leaders to continue to dominate our rapidly growing industry. Um, I have a couple of thoughts, you know, Nick, I know we, you know, we just kind of want to move on from this, but I'll give it, I'll give you the floor <laughs> first. If you have anything to say before I drone on here for just a little bit. Not really, because yes, this is going to go through, through but what's going to happen next this kind of still up in the air like what is what is going to happen to specifically call of duty uh what's going to happen going forward with all their games but since you know kind of every studio on the blizzard side especially has kind of shot their shot you know that's like overwatch 2 is out diablo 4 is out it's going to be a while before we can be like well what's happening to overwatch 3 in theory what's happening to diablo 5 in theory which is they're Xbox exclusives is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was just too early to know. And this Call of Duty deal with Sony is still existing until 2025. So uh, the Tom Warren of The Verge was quick to point out that they cannot put Call of Duty games on Game Pass until 2025. So, yeah, I don't know. It just is what it is. Um, <laughs> it's interesting, the Internet comments on this, because, of course, it's... <sighs> You know, I, I can I can be with if you're playing on Xbox, it's it's great, right? To have more games that are gonna end up on Game Pass. But I really hope that's all you're kind of rooting for. Because if you're just rooting for Microsoft to come become a giant tech giant, I what really what is going on? Because mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this, John, that the the uh, Wikipedia page for the FTC was changed very briefly. Uh, they changed their logo to the PlayStation logo. They changed the yeah. the uh, website to Sony.com, and they said they changed the agency executive to Jim Ryan very briefly. And of course, it got changed back. But yeah. uh, there's some screenshots out of there. Their Wikipedia page being changed to you know the Sony brand. But that does it, yeah. I mean, even if it was very brief, it just shows that there's a there is a level of toxicity, obviously, with this whole yeah. thing that will never go away. But um, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, Nick, you know, I, I, I come from a place of uh, fortunate enough that I don't really care about these games. So it's not like anything is, I, I'm really worried about any of the call of duty-ness or things coming to game pass or, or unevening the playing fields, anything like that. I simply want to bring about the point that I worry for the industry and I'm going to kind of make a little correlation here. And I know this might come across as doom and gloom. And, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you might know I am a little bit of a pessimist, but <laughs> The industry that I think I want to point people to look at is the current state of the movie industry. And this year specifically, I think, is kind of bringing out a lot of things to the forefront. 
And it's kind of scaring a lot of people. You know, this summer we've had blockbuster after blockbuster flop and flop and flop to see these budgets that have grown out to uncontrollable, you know, amounts where I think I saw something that the last two Jurassic Park movies cost over $800 million in, together to, to make, which is just absolutely insane. People aren't going to the, the theaters as much anymore to make back these costs. And industries are really, I think, having to figure out what are we going to do to, to keep costs down to keep profits where they need to be. And I think you can really draw a very straight line to streaming services and what that's done to the industry as a whole. Not, not, not you know, a full, um, you can't blame them fully, but when I think of when I was growing up and how these movies would come to theaters and we would all get excited for them and we would all go see them and it would be a big spectacle and we knew we wanted to go see them because they weren't going to come to movie, to DVD for a year. They weren't going to come to any streaming services. If we wanted to see them, we had to go see them. And I was happy to do so because, you know, I'm going to put the onus on myself as the consumer to seek these things out and go see them and support the crew and whatever that I like. And I worry that what we're going to start seeing is is just a reduction in the amount of resources and things that are being pumped into these projects because they're going to start saying, okay, well, maybe we should just start focusing on getting things onto streaming. You know, if people are going to not go see Indiana Jones in theaters because we think it's going to come to Disney Plus in three months, you know, is that going to start affecting the product? Are, the, are actors and, and movie producers and directors and these people that have you know, a say in these products, are they going to start saying, well, I'm just going to sign up to for this this X project because it's going to come to streaming. I'm going to get my slight check and, and I'm going to move on to the next project and not really pour a lot of thought and passion into something. You know, I look at Netflix, right? And yes, Netflix will create the marriage story, um, you know, uh, Roma, these high quality movies, you know, that might not be for everybody, but there's a level of quality to them. But that's not their main initiative. Their main initiative is content, content, content. Put more things on there. I don't care if they're good. I was just looking at some some of the movies that came to the service in the past year, and there was one called, um, I wrote it down here, The Last Thing He Wanted. Have you ever heard of that, Nick? No. The Last Thing He Wanted. Starring Anne Hathaway, Ben Affleck, Willem Dafoe. Got a 4.0 on IMDb, and it's an espionage bullshit movie that I guarantee if streaming services did not exist that these people would have, you know, hey, I'm going to go for a project that's actually going to be something, that's actually going to be a, a, a film of high quality, you know, and that we're going to put into theaters because we believe in it. And I think there is a direct comparison to how the industry is, is starting to trend that way in the movie industry, and I worry that video games will start going the same direction. The reason that PlayStation is successful is because they believe in their products. They put the money behind them. They put the resources in to get profit, yes, but also to just not, I don't know, to, to not just try and suffocate the other side of the aisle with just inundating with, here's the next thing, here's the next thing, here's the next thing, here's the next thing. And Microsoft has shown that they don't have, don't do a good job fostering good development projects. They don't know how to manage the studios they have. They don't have a good eye for what I think people want and what's going to be popular or what's going to be a good quality item. And if you're going to start coming out here saying, well, we're just going to bring Call of Duty everywhere. Okay, you guys know that if you bring it to Switch, it's going to have, and you want parity, it's going to be the worst version for everybody then. If that is truly what your directive is. Well, it'll be a cloud game. 
Sure, but like we're starting to make sacrifices. We're starting to, as opposed to just, you know, this. And I, I know this comes from a place of entitlement because like I am fortunate enough that I can buy the video games I want. But like, I don't think I'm alone in saying I would rather have three games of extremely high quality that I maybe have to pay a little bit more for than 30 games that all are much less than that. Like it's not even close in my mind. And I just worry that most people out there are just so short term focused. So like this TikTok brain where I just got to go to the next thing, next thing, next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Instead of like trying to curate and find special projects and special things that like are coming from people with passion and, and heart behind it as opposed to dollar bills and and just this quick needing to churn out the next thing. You know, it's an opportunity cost. And I just, I, I don't believe Phil Spencer when he says this is good for the industry. I don't believe Bobby Kotick when he says this. I think they're just simply saying the things that they need their shareholders to say. And I just hope that it's not the direction of the industry as a whole in the future and that Sony is going to look at it and hopefully they don't say, well, we have to keep up, so we're just going to buy everything too. And that's the only way we can compete. It's not healthy. I don't like it. Again, I'm coming from a place of, of, of uh, you know, privilege that I don't care about these games. Because I guess, yeah, they are going to come to PlayStation. That's all good, but... It just, I don't like this future, and I think anybody defending the purchase from a, hey, it's a good for gamers standpoint, is not in tune with how what the reality is. Game Pass is not viable. They've said as much. It's, it's not the same thing for these big companies to just get a one-time check from them. There's a reason that the games that are coming day and day to Game Pass are Rainbow Six Extraction, that are um, Outriders, that are Wolong, Lies of P. These are fine games, but they're not the type of games that a developer or publisher has the, the confidence in to put onto the market to get their money back and more because they know that they released a high-quality game. They said, well, it might sell... 500,000, maybe we'll just take the money from Microsoft and that's fine. And Microsoft would be like, look at all these day and date games. But like, is there ever going to be a scenario where like a high quality third party game that is actually of worth is going to want to take that deal? Because if it is of worth, it's going to get more money hand over fist just from basic sales. And it's just, I see a, a, a dimmer future with this type of model. Um, I would urge everybody out there who truly cares about games to, to pay for them. Like, it is what it is. I I, I just, I, I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too in this specific industry. And if you do, get ready for Game Pass to be 50 bucks because that's the only way that you would be able to to have these level of the quality there as well as the ease of access. And I, I just, I for one, am a little disappointed. Um, I try, I'm trying not to analyze it through a Sony versus Microsoft thing. I am obviously a Sony guy, but, you know, I just think of my last point here, Nick, I'll, I'll wrap it up is, you know, I think of, I just found out that Baldur's Gate 3 is being held back from Microsoft, not for really much of an exclusivity standpoint, but because Larian Studios is unable to get that game to perform on Xbox Series S and Microsoft has an ironclad rule that they can't release one for Series X without S. And if that level of... If that's already come to fruition and we're going to start having to deal with the Nintendo Switch for all Call of Duty games, as a Call of Duty player, do you truly want them to have to potentially sacrifice their vision for what they can achieve? And yes, it, like you said, Nick, it could be a cloud version, but like I think you're, you're starting to already make sacrifices and compromises. And I just, 
when you see these companies of this size and magnitude get that much control, it's inevitably going to start affecting quality. And, um, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see, um, what, what happens of it. But I just, I, I don't think it's good for the industry and I'll leave it at that. Hey, I'm still here. Uh-huh. I told you, I, I told you I was going to rant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I don't, whew. You know, oh, boy. Yeah. What, um, you know, what movies are you excited for to see? Now? <laughs> you excited to see Oppenheimer, so, Barbie, and Mission so, Impossible, or are you excited to go see some garbage? <laughs> All right. So let's let's boil this down. So uh, if I'm to clarify, you are afraid of a project that's incubated, created, and and, and let's leave it at AAA because I don't think Game Pass will yeah. Game Pass will be fine for any indie game. For sure. I don't, yeah, I don't no, think I, any, I, any smaller projects would be fine. But let's say Bethesda's next project, let's say Elder Scrolls Six, that will be potentially productive, incubated, produced with the the mindset that you're going to appear on Game Pass. You aren't going to be looking for sales. We've brought this up before, right? Like you're not you're not looking to sell. You don't want a twenty. You're not looking at a twenty million dollar selling game. Mm-hmm. You're looking for X amount of subscribers, X amount of engage, engagement on Game Pass. And how will that affect that product? And that's a good question. <laughs> I think, I think in that specific example, I think there are there is a very real possibility that when they're getting ready to ship that game, and Microsoft says, "Hey, we need this to come to the service this year because if we don't, it's it's going to affect our subscriber counts." Right? They're going to say we don't have a big tentpole item, so they're going to start maybe sacrificing their vision, things that they wanted to put in their game, so that they can just hit these dates. Um, that's that's just kind of what I start to see with that. You know, I think Redfall is a perfect example. When that game came out, there was many, many, many people saying, "Oh, whatever, it's a Game Pass game. It's fine." That's not acceptable to me. Like that that should not be a rationalization for a game of of that studio of that like I I I don't know this for a fact, but I would say that if if Arcane was completely independent at that point, they would have d- d- delayed it again. They would have made sure it was a little bit better. It's hard I, to say. I, I, it's, again, it's hard to say, but and, I just I get that feeling. And so many of the big AAA games, as we've seen, have were developed before Game Pass was a thing. So it's hard to say like a start to finish game that's going to be designed for Game Pass. You know, they probably Fable would be one, um, but a, a lot of these projects were announced before that or worked on before that. So it's hard to say, but. Well, it's important to note, too, that I think there will be a difference with something that is going to be Xbox slash Microsoft exclusive as opposed to something that is, you know, third party, right? Like for Call of Duty being the prime example right now, it's just like, you know, they, they're going to have different metrics and things they have to hit. And if they have to bring something to switch, I just, how do you not sacrifice for that? How do you not do it? I just I, I'm not a developer. I don't know these questions. I, I just I'm trying to like think about the scenario. And it's just oh, it's so good. 150 more million more people get to play Call of Duty. But like, if you're a Nintendo Switch owner, a you probably have one of the other consoles. I think they just did a study that said 50% of PlayStation owners own a Switch. You're not gonna want to play Call of Duty on that thing. That's not what this is for. And so to put the veil of like this is great for gamers behind something like that, it just screams to me 
quantity over quality. And I'm very much a quality over quantity guy in any aspect of my life, any anything of it. Like, you know, I'm sno- I'm a snooty movie watcher because I just don't have time to watch something that's just, you know, slapdash, put together, whatever. If I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, I'm going to like – I want it to be something that I know is going to have the level of quality that I'm, I'm hoping to hoping to get. And I just, I don't, I don't think Microsoft is going to keep that in the forefront. I think they're going to just keep the content, content, content model, because that's the only model we've seen work for a streaming service, video game, movie, whatever related. It's just, you need the content and it's just worrisome, you know? And, and if, if, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I'm feeling I'm getting probably lost in the weeds here, but it's just, <laughs> Long story short, man, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not going to be good long term. I guess I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, and we'll see what you say when Sony announces they bought Square Enix because uh, that's going to happen later this year. I have I have an inkling that that is a hundred percent happening later this year. So we get yeah. that we get to go through this this round table all over again. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's hard, and it's hard not to start defending these things without sounding like a Sony apologist <laughs> or or a fanboy because you know it's yeah. like I don't I don't think call like the amount of money that Call of Duty brings in is is not even close to being able to compare to Final Fantasy. You know, we just we just saw that Final Fantasy Square Enix is more than just Final Fantasy, but that's their big thing, right? They just sold their 180th game. Grand Theft Auto V in and of itself has more than that, like right. that entire franchise. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I don't think it can be understated. I just Sony doesn't. I don't know. I can't. I can't defend it in that way. You know, because I'm defending one giant corporation versus another giant corporation. It's. It's right. You know, they both suck. We shouldn't. We shouldn't root for either of them. But right. I just. I don't know, man. It's it's big capitalistic, te- you know, type shit always freaks me out. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, just. As you, another point that you mentioned about just Microsoft managing its studios, which we know has has been a problem up to this point. You know, can they can they get this giant ship steered right to where they have big budget games every every month or, or several times a year? You know, three to four every every year, which they've struggled to do big time. Uh, you know, none last year. If it wasn't for Starfield, they'd been fucked this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I. There's a Forza game again. I, I hate to like qualify, like, but you know, you know, like, it's like Forza just like Gran Turismo, it's just like more. they're just kind of like a niche. So it's yeah. like it's hard to be like, you know, it, yes, it's Forza Motorsport is probably going to be incredible, but you yeah, know, if you're not into it, you're not into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to sell consoles one way or the other. One way or the other, but uh, yeah, it's just like yeah. I was thinking movies like The Gray Man, right? Did you watch The Gray Man, that movie that came to Netflix? No. It's like that movie was made for streaming services, and, I, and <laughs> apparently it was trash. I just, I hope we don't go down that same path. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> we'll see. Like, yeah, well, again, it's like we don't know what's going to happen with all of this. We don't know how it's going to impact Sony. Again, I would just assume that everything is going to be exclusive going forward when sequels the games come out. Um Maybe Call of Duty will be like Minecraft. It'll just be unique enough to, and they may just make so much money that it's just dumb not to. Sure. Well, you, if you want to play on PlayStation, you'll buy, have to buy a physical copy, but we'll have the Game Pass version on our platform, and that might be enough. I, I would think that's enough, but, you know, because so then you're getting both audiences, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. 
I don't trust Phil Spencer. So, I don't but, trust him. But in the story of Call of Duty, we don't know because, again, pre-existing deal with Sony. Um, so no moves on that front till 2025. So. All right. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we don't have to talk about it again. I will say that the FTC did appeal the decision, so that's going now. But also, uh, the deal was supposed to close by the 18th. The Nasdaq has already said that they're going to pull the shares off for Activision Blizzard. So it seems like it's going. It's just um, you know more red, more governmental red tape. I'm sure that they yeah, and that is and that will be announced by the time you listen to this. I'm sure that the, the appeal one way or the other, but. Yeah. It's not looking good. No. So. What you, could you imagine if just like, oh, yeah, the appeal went through? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, that would, that would be it's a, not going to happen. That There's would no way, be but. another uh, interesting part of this whole timeline, you know, with the CMA stuff. It was, Pretty sure that, that would start a – people would – civil war, PlayStation versus Xbox. Like we, just, <laughs> we just have to go to war at that point. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of civil war, let's move on to our next Ooh. topic because we got a new game announcement – um, if you remember, all the way back in October of 2022, Marvel and EA announced that they uh, signed a multi-collaboration deal to at least to release at least three titles in a single-player action-adventure category. And up to this point, we only had the one. We know of an Iron Man game coming from Motive, who worked on the Dead Space remake that John and I love so much, and Star Wars Squadrons. But they announced the second game of that trilogy, and that is going to be another Black Panther game. No, not the Captain America Black Panther game coming from Skydance New Media. They're going to be making their own Black Panther game, and this is going to be coming from the newly founded Cliffhanger Games located in Seattle, and it is going to be led by Kevin Stevens, who came from Monolith Productions. He worked on the Shadow of War series, so he's got some Lord of the Rings uh, chops under his belt. But, uh, John, what do you think of this new announcement? No footage, no screenshots, nothing. This is more of a recruiting effort, it looks like, because uh, you know, they had a recruit link in the announcement. So uh, what, do, what, do you, what do you think? Are you ready for more Black Panther? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm intrigued. To, I'm more probably intrigued about the project itself than like excited to play the game. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, it's always exciting when a new studio pops up, especially when it's under the umbrella of one of the major players, right? Like EA. EA recently has done a very good job with some of their studios that they own. You know, obviously you think of Respawn, Dice, these kind of studios. Respawn is obviously their crown jewel right now. But you know, can EA foster another team that's going to be really good? I don't know. We'll see. Um, that being said, Black Panther, I don't know a ton about the character. You know, I've, I've seen the first movie. I didn't watch the second one. But he does seem like a character that would lend himself very well to a third-person action-adventure type of video game. I kind of envision almost an boots-on-the-ground Spider-Man kind of game where he has that same fluid, I can bounce off walls, I can leap yeah. over cars, I can... You know, it's going to be a fun way to just move through an environment. Um, so, you know, if they kind of nail that feeling and have some cool abilities, obviously he's just a acrobatic flipping around crazy man so again I, I think he will play a lot similarly to spider-man um but in terms of you know my, my statements on marvel are known to the show i i wish it wasn't black panther it's really weird to me that there's two black panther games in development at the same time but um you know it's i'm sure it'll be fun you know yeah. as much as i don't 
care for um, you know Marvel and Star Wars media at the time right now. Uh, video games almost can be completely separated from that because as long as it's fun, I, it could you know it could True. be a piece True. of shit dressed up as a cat like and that's Black Panther or whatever. It doesn't <laughs> matter as long as it's fun. So yeah, you know I like the Lord of the Rings game, so it's a good team to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I, and the the interesting part of this too is also EA's pushing pretty hard on single player games again, which is nice. You know it was nice when they were doing Mirror's Edge and Dead Space and. Um, uh, what's the hell one? You would went through um, Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, so they they used to do this. You know, back when Rick Hotel, Rick Rick Hotel, oh boy, I'm gonna butcher his name. Whoever ran EA at the time, <laughs> but uh, Rick yeah, Otero? It was, no, it was Rick Otello. Oh, okay. Um, and they kind of moved away from that, you know, went harder on, you know, their, their bread and butter, FIFA, Madden, and all that, and, you know, Apex Legends and whatnot. But uh, was it the, they were the company that said that EA or single-player games are dead, right? Yeah. Aren't they the ones that said that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice to see this big push. You know, they got, you know, they got the Iron Man game. They got... Uh, whenever it comes out, the Dragon Age Dreadwolf. They have <laughs> this game coming. And they got Hazelight, too. Yeah, Hazelight from It Takes Two, Fame, uh, which we'll talk about later. And, um, yeah, so it just seems like it's cool to see them push in back in this direction that we're going to get more meaty single-player games. And, yeah, Marvel's a good place to go. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I hope that's EA's plan. I mean, I've always felt like, you know, when I – let me take a step back. You know, we, we recently realized or figured out that they're splitting EA, right? There's basically the sports section mm-hmm. and then there's the other section. And I think that's a really smart move because I would love it if, yeah, we're just like, okay, we have our FIFAs and our, and our Maddens and that's just our money-making machine. It gives us all the money we need. But then, like, yeah, all of our other side of the business focus on single-player stuff. Like, that, that sounds great to me. Mm-hmm. So hopefully maybe that is their internal, like, thinking and, and they can just kind of keep making money there. Um, just think about last week. Like, our top, we did our top 10 PS5 games and we added two EA games. Yeah, which is Jedi weird. Survivor and Dead Space. So... Mm-hmm. And It Takes Two was on it before we, yeah. we, we bumped it out. <laughs> yeah, so, like, exactly. EA is, is – it's funny because, you know, they were at one point the worst cu- company in the world, which is still silly to me that I think they were the worst over other companies like Nestle and other things that are, like, damaging ecosystems. But, um, yeah, they've, they've come back a long way. So I, I kind of have high expectations that this will be, you know, at least a very high-quality title. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. But, uh, yeah, again, light on details, but – you know, if you think about the Shadow of War series, a third-person action game like John mentioned with Spider-Man is probably, with Arkham Combat, is probably very similar. Like, you'll be very floaty. You'll have, yep. you know, minimum input, big impact, as all these superhero games have had of late. So, Do you think it'll be... It's got to be teen-rated, right? It's just like mm-hmm. a teen, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we're getting our mature-rated Wolverine game. And I'm sure, I, I mean, again, this seems very early announcement. I bet you this is, like, at least four years from now. So 2026 at the earliest. Uh, yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. So. All right. Let's move on. You ready for me to stay pessimistic, Nick? Yeah. Yeah? You, bring- you, know, you love pessimistic me. <laughs> All right. So um, there's a little show coming out soon um, that... I think Nick was starting to get worried that it just wasn't going to happen because Sony decided they didn't want to release a trailer for it ever. But we did finally get 
a nice two-minute meaty trailer for the upcoming Twisted Metal show starring Anthony Mackie. Um, I'm just going to start right off the top, Nick. What what'd you think of the trailer? You know, it kind of <laughs> it kind of showed a little bit more of you know obviously Anthony Mackie's character show a little more of the humor, kind of what the setup is going to be. Um, yeah, yeah what you some think? of the other actors involved. You got Stephanie Beatriz, uh, Nev Campbell. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to see some of the car combat. You got an expansion of the the humor that they're going for. It's definitely again they used another '90s song uh, to cover this, so it's going to be set in the '90s. Uh, it is not following the similar script of the normal Twisted Metal games. Uh, as far as we know, there's no Calypso who will give you whatever you want if you win his tournament. I don't know. I kind of feel like Nev Campbell's that. Like, because she says, if you could wish for anything, what would you want yeah. in the trailer? Like, yeah. it's not going to be Calypso, but I feel like that's her character. <laughs> like, that's who she is. Well, they don't list her as Calypso, unfortunately. I could see her being the bad guy, quite honestly. Sure, like the main for sure. Guy. Yeah, yeah. But it, it does look fun. It looks better than any Twisted Metal TV adaptation has any right to be. You know, it has the it has the star power. It looks like, you know, there's a bunch of car combat. Um, is it good? I don't know. <laughs> Will I have fun watching it? Yes, probably. I think I, I know John doesn't cannot tolerate bad movies, but I, I can find the fun in them. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I th- I think I think it'll be it'll be fine. I I wrote down some positives and negatives, and so you know, my my negativity that I will have just know that that comes from a, a solely me place. Okay, you know, analyzing the trailer, I agree. I think it looks surprisingly high quality. Uh, definitely higher budget than what I was kind of anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't take itself too seriously. That's obviously key for something like this. Um, but I don't think that was, you know, anything unexpected with, with the zombie land and Deadpool writers attached. Um, I appreciated the over the top violence. You know, there were some sweet tooth scenes. Like I, I'm, I have a feeling when I'm watching, it, I'm just going to be like, get me back to sweet tooth. I want to see more sweet tooth. <laughs> um, you know, so, so it's nice that they have that, uh, because, you know, once you start to, to, to limit violence and that kind of stuff, you you start to compromise vision. So I'm, I'm glad they went there. And I think it's a great compliment to the last of us. I think, you know, with that being the first big show that came out, you know, it's very drama focused, it's heavy, it, it's sad and all that good stuff. And attack, um, you know, goes after a certain demographic. I think this one is, is, is doing a very good job of, of not having a lot of overlap with that. But you know, it's a good Venn diagram, right? Mm-hmm. Of that stuff, so I, I think that's all good. I can't stand the jokes. Um, you know, some of the negatives here. I can't stand the jokes. You know, there's a there's a part early in the trailer where he's driving around a mall and he's like. You know, there's all this explosions and chaos happening, and he's just chill as a cucumber in his car, and he goes, ooh, they have a footlocker, when he sees, like, a little thing. Or, <laughs> or you know, or Nev Campbell making a joke about, you know, you could have anything you want. Oh, you got, I want some two-ply toilet pa- paper. And she goes, I can do better. And he goes, three-ply? And I just, you know, I, I can't. I can't take that kind of stuff if that is all you're really trying to offer. So I, I hope that they're still saving some of the best humor because, admittedly, I did think that Deadpool was funny. I liked Zombieland. So, like, yep. I should dig it. But, uh, you know, it's just got a couple things for me that I, I don't like Anthony Mackie. I just I think he's a bad lead. I, I don't think he has the charm or the, the funniness that either he thinks he does or... or executives think he does so i'm not thrilled with him as the lead i like stephanie beatriz um so we'll see i think it's going to be received well i just don't think it's going to be specifically for me (laughs) so 
we'll leave it at that. I, I yeah. think it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely recommend if you're listening to check it out. It's it's pretty wild. Like like I said, it's pretty surreal that this property is getting a television show. You know, yeah. Last of Us. Okay, yeah, we expected that. It's made to be a TV show. The second one, is <laughs> Twisted Metal. Yeah, the second one being Twisted Metal is really out there, and I don't know. I don't know. I think I think I might like this probably more more than I should, yeah. given what given everything involved. But uh, just don't be too much like Fast and the Furious, please. Like, I just, <laughs> and I don't. I, I feel like I have more faith after this trailer that it won't be that it'll be its own thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> jokes. Ugh, the jokes were though for, even from the last trailer with uh, the thong song joke that they had. It's just like <laughs> it's also bad to me but so yeah well and we're gonna find out very shortly because it is July two weeks 27th, away 27th yeah. right yep the 27th so uh yeah we're definitely gonna watch it and bring it to the show for sure yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll just be like the last of us we'll bring it every week do you do you know how they long have they said if episodes are 30 minutes or 45 do you know oh i don't it's streaming who knows i bet you it's 30 I, minutes i bet it's 30 minutes just but yeah usually comedies are are that yeah and i think it's 10 episodes so yep it is and so buckle up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You see, that's, that's like, like a double thing there. Buckle up, right? right? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how long there. But. All right. Well, let's move on back to our check-in of the big summer release, Final Fantasy 16. Now, John, mm-hmm. let's get your side first. Let's get an update. Do you have any new to add? No, I've played about 20 minutes since last, last <laughs> week. <laughs> no, I, in actuality, I've, I've probably played about another... Sorry if I just came really far into the mic there, and I was really quiet before. Um, but I've probably put about another two, two and a half hours in. I've had a very heavy family week, so it just didn't work out with that. But um, more of the same. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still... Yeah. I, the, the percentage says I'm 50% of the way through the main story. At about 24 hours, but Nick's <laughs> shaking his head. I don't think you are. So, but that's just what it's, it's telling me. Yeah. So it's probably just based on a like, oh, there's 36 missions. You're on number 18. You're 50%. So right. We'll see, right. But. Yeah, it probably is. So no, I'll, I'll let you take most of it, Nick, because I, I really haven't been able to. I haven't even fought another icon or anything like that. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. So I have finished the game. I have completed it, saw the credits roll and got that final trophy. Uh, not the platinum trophy because that's insane. That requires you to play the game twice. But uh, the, the final trophy, story over. I unlocked new game plus. I unlocked Final Fantasy, the hardest difficulty for it. Um, and before I get into my spoiler-free review, John, I was going to ask you, what is a Final Fantasy game? It's mm, good question. <laughs> final Fantasy game is almost always revolving around a core group of characters, right? A party, so to speak, that has some big story involving the world at large, um, where magic is going to definitely be involved. You're going to have specific elements attached to it. Your Chocobos, your your Moogles, your Cactars, those things are usually in every one of them. You got your SIDS. But really, I think it, it kind of, for me, comes down to just the... The, maybe the vibe of the world, like, you know, like th- there's always crystals or, or some sort of just like, I don't know, 
it's it's almost like this <laughs> intangible thing that you kind of just feel because this one inherently with the combat you know is, is not traditional final fantasy but i would still argue it you know between the enemies you're facing and um the magics that are being used it still has that feel to it obviously the the summons are a big telltale sign of final fantasy but you know it's it's interesting because they change way more than you'd think from from entry to entry um but up until this point it's the one of the things that have kind of carried through was the turn-based combat so it's kind of stepping away from that feels a little bit less i think but um no, I, I still think it's 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 mostly like just the core group of cast of characters, probably. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So, and I to launch off that, that's kind of where I wanted to take my review is like, what is a Final Fantasy game? And I really think that it is a high budget Japanese role playing game. Like, it it gets tons of money put into it because it's a very well selling franchises, very well selling franchise. And yeah, it has all the little things, the Chocoba, the spells, Cura, Furaga, the unique monsters, big summons, unique characters, all of that. And this game does it in spades. It has all of that. It, all of that is present. The presentation, the music, it's it's incredible. It's There's not a lot of games out there like this and definitely not PS5 exclusive games like this. This is a standout for the console, a standout for Japanese RPGs. Uh, the, the combat is fantastic as, as we talked about in the show I don't I don't think I need to cover any of those points but uh, as I finished the game it was lacking in a few areas including the party that you mentioned like I think this is probably one of the weakest parties I've ever played in a Final Fantasy game yeah. uh, excluding Torgal excluding Sid they're great but uh, that's it yeah. there's no really standouts uh, as far as you know I do like Gav uh, Jill is horrible, as we mentioned, but there's and there are other characters. I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts when you reach them, mm-hmm. how you feel about it, feel about them. But uh, they're they're very weak compared to other Final Fantasy games, and even Final Fantasy 15, the last Final Fantasy game I played uh, and I bounced off of, I thought even there were more memorable characters just in the within your party and the characters that you meet on, meet in the early game. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think, you know, not to bring Final Fantasy X into the discussion already, but yeah, when I think back of how, what I immediately think of my fondness for that game is I, I loved every single one of my, my party members. Yep. Like I, they, mm-hmm. And they were all very unique. Waka looked way different from Lulu, which Kamari is this big blue dog looking thing. It's yeah. just, you know, and they each had very vastly different personalities and that does, I agree, it seems a little flat. Everybody's more, a little more vanilla in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And they're really chasing this Game of Thrones theme, like it's it's like oozing that Game of Thrones was a big inspiration for this, but they never do what Game of Thrones did well, and that is di- sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the sexual tension between Jill and Clive, God, it's just some of the worst. That's why Jill's just so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, already. But a very yeah, the you know characters are very nuanced and their motivations are are. Not what you expect, but th- it is. They're just complex characters. They're they're very deep, and this game just never gets there. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, it just takes kind of the violence and the sex part, but that's just not that interesting, you know. That's that's just on display. But you need more, more interesting and diverse characters to back that up. And unfortunately, 
they just it doesn't have it. So that's kind of a weakness of it. And then the lack of just dungeons in this game. Like there is, I think only two dungeons that I remember, and they are both pretty straightforward. There's no like puzzles. There's no unlocking certain rooms and then going backtracking and unlocking more and leading to this final boss. Most of the game is just you're on linear paths, and most of them are in cities. They're mostly in cities that are getting attacked or something bad is happening. You fight your way through it. You get to the boss. You know, it may end in an icon battle, may not. Get a trophy, rinse and repeat. You know, you're thrown back into the world. You unlock X amount of side quests, X amount of bounties. They probably take you an hour to do, and then you're right back into the main story again. So that kind of loop is really weak. I wish there was like a big dungeon or like a some kind of like end game like hey before you fight the final boss there's this cool dungeon which actually has the hardest boss in the game in it but there there's none of that you know there's not much depth uh beyond the the combat yeah just the combat that's it <laughs> well, to, to kind of piggyback off that one thing that's been frustrating me a little bit in the game is and i we've mentioned it but it just i can't believe it it bugs me as much as it does it's just the loot you get doesn't fucking matter. Like every yeah. single time I, I come across a blue sparky sparkly thing or a chest or whatever. So I was just like, yeah, you got 10 ashed magics. And I'm like, what did those even do? <laughs> I don't even know what those do. And that's it, a little disappointing that, yeah, it, it maybe, you know, if they're, even if there were dungeons, like if they're not filled with things that are going to make me have more fun or, or vary my play style, it's like, yeah, maybe I don't even want to go through this. And I, I'm right. just a little taken aback probably ties to the RPG lacking that we talked about on the show, you know, with, with the way that the combat is built in this game. But I, I, they could have done a better job with that. Yeah, yeah. And same with the side quests. Side quests usually just lead to weird combat encounters. And there are some good side quests later in the game. Uh, one of the kind of nice things it does is, like, you'll meet people, you'll do some side quests for them, and, the, and that story will continue in other side quests. Good. And some of those have better payoffs in the end but still they are very weak they're very basic they do just involve either talking to x amount of people collecting x amount of thing defeating x monster you know there's not you're never rolling with somebody else you're never doing like an escort mission usually people are always either running ahead of you or disappearing and then you have to fast travel to them uh there's not really much about the world either the world just serves to get the point A to point B. Dude, the, the fucking cook guy that's at my base. It's like, if I have to go serve more dishes or go <laughs> kill a scorpion so you can make some gross-ass meal, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Bad. But, but, yeah, those are the negative things. But, again, the sum of the parts, it is a really, really good Final Fantasy game. And it's it will not overtake my favorite. But it it is really solid. It's mm-hmm. I would recommend. Yeah, if you have a PlayStation Five, you know, get this game. It is one of the standouts of the year. One of the standout games on the console. And so, yeah, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. It's it's. Does it have a chance six months from now to make the top ten list? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. I'd say so. Okay. I mean, we did put Persona Five on there, and I would say Persona Five is a better JRPG. Yeah. I definitely liked it more. But uh, I wouldn't be lying if, yeah, if, you, if I'm telling people you got a PS5, these are the games to play, yeah. I would tell you to play Final Fantasy 16. Just over, for the spectacle, over, of yep, course. The spectacle, the how it showcases the console itself. Again. It loads so fast, Nick. It yeah. loads so fast. <laughs> yeah, which is great when it's crashing on you all the time. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including a crash after the final boss fight. So I had to do it all over again. But the final fight in this game is fun, to say the least. It, I had a really good time, so I did not have a problem playing it again. Just so. a just a one word yes or no, Nick. Is the big bad does it is there a good payoff with the big bad? Mm. Okay. It's okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But uh, it's fun kicking his ass. Good. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to leave it. I definitely still want to do a spoiler cast. We'll just patiently all wait for John to complete it, Oof. and then we'll go into it and get his thoughts as well on the entire production. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I got to say. Awesome. If you're good, we can move on. Yeah. Just Kylie, let me play it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... I'm next. Yeah. So I was saying, so go ahead, Nick. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to bring a topic for my third and final thing. And, you know, we've been talking about a, a lot about the fall games. And I wanted to get some easy predictions out there. Some simple, a simple game to see how well we think we know the games that are coming out this fall. So it is three questions. They're all pretty straightforward. And the first question is going to be, John, mm-hmm. Yeah, and John is our resident Nostradamus. He is he is without fail the most accurate predictor on the show. So I, I randomly pulled up one of our YouTube videos for my mother in law the other day, and it, it was the the uh, shit. It was the Game Awards or whatever the showcase was after that. And you're like, "Whoa, do you got any other predictions?" I'm like, "Nah, just doubling down on Final Fantasy Rebirth." I was like, <laughs> "Man, you're a smart cookie, dude." <laughs> I forgot I doubled down on that. All right, so let's see if John can keep his hot streak going. So the first question I'm going to ask him is, what game this fall will be guaranteed to get above a 90, review 90 or higher, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't even, I don't even have the confidence to say Spider-Man 2 could do that. I agree. So, John, what do you, what do you got for me? Despite that, I, th- I feel most confident about this one compared to the next two questions we'll talk about. <laughs> Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Will That's be, a boondoggle. Yep, will be above a 90. I wouldn't be surprised if it's above a 95. It looks so, so good. That studio has an incredible track record. Last game was a 92. Baldur's Gate 3 will be the highest reviewed game for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it's been in early access. They've had tons of time to, you know, fine-tune it, make it a really good game. The customization, the, the, the quest, the... Again, they're they're a studio that knows what they're doing. You might as well say this is Divinity Original Sin three, right? Right. But so, so they're they're gonna kill it. So, yeah, we're we're in agreement on that. Awesome. So Real we're both quick. getting this game. That's that's gonna I think, happen. I think so. <laughs> I am scared. I don't know. I I won't promise release week, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hard to ignore. Yeah. yeah, I will say I have a you know because I always have more extra just uh, throwing it out there. I think armor. I do you have any others that you think will be above a ninety that you might not be so sure of? Like what would be your next game that you would want to? That I'd be very confident about. Would it, would it be Spider Man? No, I don't. I have. A, I just have a weird feeling from the demo we saw that it'll be very good, but like reviewers a, will not be as high. On, eight and on, a, half, on, a lot of eight and a halfs, a lot of yeah, nines. yeah. It'll be high eighties, kind of like where Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart fell. Sure. Fell so. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll be above a ninety. If it does, it'll just make ninety. Yeah. I just. I think uh, the only other one that I could see doing it that I'm pretty confident in is uh, Armored Core 6. I know you're not. No. I know you don't have the From Software faith that I do, <laughs> but I, I think that game's going to be... I wouldn't be shocked if that fell into our next question. <laughs> because uh, You're a fool. 
My next question is, which game this fall will get below an 80? So kind of a nice threshold for good games is usually, especially if I want to buy it when really close to release, you know, not take a chance on it, uh, is 80 and above. So mm-hmm. 80 is usually, you know, two years ago or, yeah, two years ago, three years ago almost, I did this with Guardians of the Galaxy. It reviewed it in 81, played it, loved it. Mm-hmm. But if it did not, if it had reviewed below eighty, I probably would not have touched it until so. you saw every post every three days <laughs> saying how good it is. Yeah, when it came to extra, a lot of people took the chance on it yep. and loved it. So, yep. and it is a very good game. Uh, but uh, yeah, John, what game this fall is going to fall below that I'm of all the big let games? You take this one first, Nick. You go first. <laughs> I want to shout boondoggle at you. <laughs> Okay, uh, I picked Alone in the Dark. Oh, I wasn't that one. Okay, uh, this is coming from Pisces Interactive, who shockingly did a very, very good game. Their last game was Magicka Two, which is a very, very well reviewed game. But uh, this is kind of out of their wheelhouse. They have not released a game since, and that was in 2015. I have a feeling David Harbor <laughs> will not save this game. No. Uh, he's David Harbour, the actor from Stranger Things in the Gran Turismo movie, um, and in the MCU. Well, he's all over the place now. Yep. He will he will not save this game, and this game will be one of the worst reviewed games. I would I I wouldn't be shocked if it was below a seventy. So what's the release date on this? Is there one? It's the end of October. Yeah. Good luck against Alan Wake too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good time to release that game, but yeah, I I would agree with you, Nick. Uh, my answer is. The upcoming game from Roll 8 Studios, Lies of P. Um, You know, this is a Bloodborne, uh, Soulsborne knockoff um, that had a demo that I think people liked a lot. It's just until until somebody else can do it, every time one of these kind of comes about, it's always pretty good, never what you really want it to be. You think Lords of the Fallen, The Surge, things like that. Um, you know, this one looks to be a little bit better than those. So I'm not entirely confident that it will be above or below an 80, but I, I just, I, if I were a betting man, I'd, th- I'd throw my money there. Yeah. What did Wolong Fallen Dynasty get? 81. Okay. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, you know, I hope, I hope it's good. It's just, <laughs> you know, from soft, well, yeah, I guess you don't think so because you think Summer Corps 6 will be bad. But they just, you know, they just know these games so, so well. And I think it's hard, harder to replicate than people think. But um, Liza P, I think it'll be good, not great. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, in about Armored Core 6, I do think it'll <laughs> probably be a good game. I just don't have the confidence to yeah. say that game could be under an 80. Could because well, what what did the what did the fifth one get? Uh, you know, it was 11 years ago. Right. But it was like, what, like a 60 something, right? Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, so. so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And then, yeah, and they've been very coy as far as footage of that game. So uh, we'll see. All right. And that will move us into the final question of this topic is which game this fall will get delayed out of the year? So it will not be a 2023 game. It'll be a 2024 game. John, what do you got? Recently revealed Helldivers 2, <laughs> uh, I think, has a, um, for a couple of reasons, a hard time maybe hitting this year. Um, you know, this, this studio hasn't made a game since the first one, which came out in 2015. Mm -hmm. So it's a long time to be working on a game. And so, you know, it might've been rebooted at some point during the project or whatever, but it, it does seem like it's had a long, not necessarily tortured development, but you know, they got some things to work out. And the fact that we just got a gameplay trailer, 
Um, it still says it's coming out this year, but with no date stapled onto it. It gives me a little bit more pause. And then thirdly, you know, Sony's already got their fall lockdown. Spider-Man's coming out. That's what's going to take up <laughs> the oxygen. Game. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it's going to be so big. So it's just like for Helldivers to give it the the time that it needs and, and give it a little bit of oxygen, it might just make a little bit more sense to come out, you know, maybe more January. Seems like a good January game. I right. think that's when the first one came out. So with all those factors kind of together... Um, you know, I could see it easily slipping. The one thing that maybe would just, you know, we don't know about it yet is maybe it is a day and date with extra and this November's extra game. And it's like, okay, it's got a month. It's had a month since mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I don't know, but just, it, it has a very seems a seemingly small window of likely dates that it could hit or that it should hit. Okay. Yeah, it, it looks further along, but yeah, maybe if, the, if they want the, the game to have some breathing room, mm-hmm. they might say, hey, let's put it early next year and let, let it just be the talk of the town for January or February right now. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe February it doesn't work. It doesn't want to go up against Suicide Squad. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. We always have these conversations where it's like, oh, it's trying to get away from this game. And then it just, oh, my God, now it's a week before Zelda. So it's right. like, you know, there's no guarantee that, you know, next February is not going to be insane like it was this year, too. You know, we don't know yet. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I went for for my game. I went for the the last re- uh, release game of the year, and that's Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. It is barely going to making this year right now uh, with its December seventh release date. I do think it will not make that, and it'll j- again just want that breathing room. You know, it, it already missed the movie already anyway, so it, it doesn't matter. So it'll it'll enjoy some January, February, or March release date. Yeah, I would, I would, I, that's likely, I mean, you know, but I would say Ubisoft really probably would want to hit that date because breathing room, that's, that's a great breathing spot. Like if you, if you can hit December, you know, early December, I, I think they'll be able to own that whole month, you know, right? Because what else is coming out? But Yeah, but usually you're all playing the myriad of games right, that came October, out the last November three months, slot, yeah. the three months before, which I'll be doing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, we'll see. Hopefully, uh. At least neither of us at Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, hopefully well, that. that <laughs> well, I wrote it down. You'll though. be lucky if that is released in 2024. Yeah, that game is right. never coming out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we canceled that game. <laughs> All right. That was uh, those are your three questions, right, Nick? Yep, that Perfect. was it. So we can move on. All right. Lastly, folks, it's that time. It's the more exciting time of the month than the PlayStation Essentials, but we got our extra games uh, for the month of July. So as we kind of established a little bit ago, we're not going to read off every single game. If you're curious about everything under the sun, go ahead and go to blog.playstation.com. You will find their list there. But um, first and foremost, I think this is a pretty weak month. You know, it's it's definitely one of the worst months I've seen. Um, a lot of B tier games, a lot of you know middling things that might just hit you know somebody specifically. But I did want to shout out two. Okay. Um, What's your first one? First one is It Takes Two. Yeah. Uh, that is the big game coming this month. It's it's obviously the biggest game. Um, so fantastic game, game of the year winner from the Game Awards last year. Last year. Last year. No. Two years ago. 
Elden Ring and then Elden Ring. So two years ago, game of the game of the uh, year winner, fantastic game. Nick and I played through it together. Highly encourage anybody with a girlfriend, anybody with a spouse, anybody with anybody, play through this game. It's one of the most enjoyable things you can do uh, in front of a TV with another person. Yeah. Like it's it's special. Yeah, just as we removed it from. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was in our top our 10. top ten list. It had to come back, but yeah, as John said, we had we played it together. We had a great time. It probably overstays its welcome a little bit. It's just a tad too long. But it's still only, what, 10, 12 hours, maybe? Yeah, yeah. But uh, very varied gameplay. You're always doing something different. Uh, I, one of my favorite moments is when I was flying a plane while John was on top, basically doing a fighting game uh, with a squirrel on top of the plane. So that's just the level of silliness it can get to. Yeah, you know, the... I hate I hate this phrase because Game of Thrones kind of ruined it, but subverting expectations. It's like you're playing through this game, and it's like almost like a third person shooter, and like you you know you're doing zany things, and it's great. And then with yeah, with absolutely no warning, yeah, it's right. just like it's not <laughs> Nick's. You know, Nick's explained it correctly, but like not only was I fighting a squirrel, but like the health bars popped up just right. like a fighting game does, and it's like all of a sudden it's this hilarious. I'm fighting a squirrel on top of a plane, and, and um, I won't spoil it, but there's a part with a stuffed animal that's very memorable <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah i don't know nick I, I i wouldn't be opposed to one day returning to this game and doing another playthrough you know as the other because another neat thing that this game does do is you either play as a the wife or the husband and they each have a different skill set yeah so you can easily get your replay value out of it you know and we can maybe get that platinum you know because we're close to platinum <laughs> and uh but yeah it takes two is is pretty awesome check it out yeah yeah very very good game uh, yeah, the, and that's a boondoggle. I was going to bring that too, of, of course. course. Uh, the other one, this is an interesting one because it's not a game we played, but it's just a weird game that I've just had my eye on it, and it, maybe it's aesthetic. I might have a problem with a you know cyberpunk aesthetic. You but, do, you do. But it is the Ascent from Neon Giant, and again, it reviewed at a seventy-three at the time because it was very buggy. I'm assuming that most of that has been fixed and the game yeah. is, but it's a top down shooter where you can customize your character. You can play with your friends. Uh, yeah, it's what Helldivers 1 pretty much was, but now this is a cyberpunk version of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe we're bummed that Helldivers 2 is third person, but at least we can, we got this now. And I always wanted to check it out. And this is, again, this is the, the highlight of extra is checking out games that you normally wouldn't take the risk on like mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't want to spend the money on this game but now here it is i'm gonna check it out yeah so yeah i i love twin six shooters man i mean you know this gives me major housemark vibes dead nation alien nation things like that yeah. um and i remember when this game was revealed because it was xbox exclusive for i think a year uh it was like the one game that was announced where i was like fuck i want to play that it looks so good like just graphically and i did actually check it out a little bit on my xbox admittedly probably for only five to ten minutes and i wasn't the biggest fan on how it felt but this is one of those games where i feel like every time i see a post on it online or somebody talk about it, they're like oh no no i really enjoyed that game it was, right. it was, it was a ton of fun so um yeah yeah i'm down to down to go cyberpunk with you bro all right yeah well let's we'll do it cool uh, and then my, I have one other one. I won't go in depth because we've talked about it a lot on the show. Undertale is coming for free. Um, you know, if you like quirky, weird indie titles, it's worth checking out. It's super short, about five hours to beat. Um, you know, and uh, it's it's not for everybody, but you should <laughs> you should check it out. I think it's sitting at a ninety-two on Open Critic, so it's obviously high quality if it if it clicks with you. Yep. 
and it did not click with me. So nope. I did not bring that one. But yeah, again, perfect place to check it out. Yeah. And then finally, on the premium side, just in time for this television show that John is very excited about, <laughs> Twisted Metal 1 and 2 are available. And again, these are OG PlayStation staples. This is an OG PlayStation franchise. If you want to check out its roots, if you want to, it probably doesn't hold up very well visually. A lot of those PlayStation 3D games, oh, no, they don't. PlayStation 1 3D games do not hold up very well. So I'm sure this will just be the same. But at least you'll have some context for the show when you watch it in two weeks. So you can at least play these and then check out the show. Please, and be like, I have no idea what the fuck I expect for the show now. <laughs> yeah. no. So, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. It's, yeah, like I said, pretty weak month. You know, there's some weird fighting games, some like romance games, Sniper Elite, things like that. But, uh, you know, check out It Takes Two, Ascent, and Undertale, and Twisted Metal at the very least. Yes, 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 yes. So, all right. Well, that is six things. We did it again. Do we have anything to tease for next week? If we, well, if we can get the ascent done, we could maybe talk about that, but not likely in just a few days. But it's on, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I got to play Final Fantasy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you do. You do. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I, I'm focusing on that. Um, I'm excited to, Nick and I, we're going to go see Oppenheimer at the 70 millimeter IMAX screen. Can't <laughs> wait to see Killian Murphy's huge dong up on screen. It's going to be great. Um, and we'll bring it to the show because this is a video game. This is a movie podcast. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about it if we're, if we're really stretching <laughs> topics. But no, no, no. It's uh, just like last week, Final Fantasy for me when I can. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So when I beat Final Fantasy, that question entered my brain is like, what game do I want to play next? And I think I'm going to take a break. And I know I just talked about the Ascent, but. Uh, Last year, I beat a total of 18 games, and I've already told John this. And this year alone, I have already beaten 15 games. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. I've been you going. Got a problem, dude. Yeah, I've been going at a killer pace. Um, not all those Persona Five. <laughs> yeah, one of those games was Persona Five, and that is like 10 games. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm, what the heck? That one game's worth 10 eggs? Or 10 <laughs> games? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and as we talked about this fall, like I'm probably getting Baldur's Gate three, and that's just going to be take up all my time, and that's going to go into Cyberpunk, into Spider Man, into Alan Wake two, and all these other games that I want to check out. That I really just need to take a breather. I need to read a book, focus on other things. Yeah, read a book, get some Touch projects some grass, at home. Nerd. Yeah, <laughs> get out more. Uh, no, just let, you know, let my PlayStation breathe and relax for a little bit. It's been churning out, churning out all these games that I've been playing. Uh, yeah, just sit back, maybe dip into Spider or not Spider Man, but uh, Street Fighter Six here and there. But uh, yeah. no, Didn't they I just think, unveil, unveil a new character for that. Yeah, there's a Rashid is coming July 24th. But oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so yeah, just just take a, a breather on video games. It's always good to kind of uh, pace yourself. You know, I, this podcast kind of. Puts a little more pressure than the normal pressure I usually, or addiction I have to playing mm-hmm. video games. The show provides an additional pressure on top of that. And that does obviously is shown, but also this was a banger year, of course. Yeah, so. it's an all-timer. So I've just been trying to play everything, you know, catching up to all the Resident Evil games so I can play Resident Evil 4, you know, stuff like that. So it's It's a really good feeling when you 
genuinely want to play video games. And if you don't have that feeling, there's no shame in walking away. Yeah. Because that feeling will come back when it's ready. Right. It's not going to snot. And, and you mentioned this just a few weeks ago after you finished Elden Ring. Is like after you finish like games like that, like after finishing Final Fantasy 16, it's like, I want to go play another experience like that. But John and I are so usually so up on games. It's not like I can just be like, well, I, I catch up and play God of War Ragnarok. It's like, oh, I already did that. Yeah. You know? Every boss fight you encounter for a while is gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. so it's just not gonna. It's not gonna scratch that itch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I'm gonna take a break. I'm definitely gonna keep an eye out. I mean, again, it's not gonna take long. You know, September will be here before we know it, and Baldur's Gate Three is kicking that off, and you know, and, be, and, be, Armored Core Six is gonna fuck with me. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll also get though next week. Exo Primal will be out, and mm. John's John's faith in Capcom will be tested. Is yes. he a Nostradamus again? Will it be an eighty-three and above for Exo Primal? Uh, I don't. I don't know, but I hope. <laughs> I sure hope so. I doubted so, Capcom with Street Fighter Six. Yeah, I won't make so that same mistake. That'll that that game will be out by the time you listen to this. Although I will say. The day before release, we have no reviews. That's almost always a bad sign. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and again, it's a day one Game Pass game, which is also a, Ooh, bad, also sign. a bad sign. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, we played the demo. It wasn't our thing, but I mean, it was a very polished game. So, if uh, if they can keep keep it fun, keep the variety, the single player is good. Maybe John's right. Maybe Capcom is is a, is a hit every time. Should have been free to play. <laughs> Should have been fun. Uh, oh, it will be soon, I bet. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have that. We'll definitely talk about that. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's summer. It's cooling down. You know, we're probably going to bring more topics, more questions. If you have any questions, we'll definitely take them. You will, That is a guarantee to get read right on the yes, show if you exactly. send, in, send in any question. You know, again, PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or through Twitter or YouTube. We'll We'll talk about it, so. If you have if you have a topic of your own or some thoughts on any of the things we talked about over the last few weeks, you know, let us know. Let us know you're out there. So, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go with the song. So the song this week is from Final Fantasy 16. There being a bunch of butts and slowly releasing the soundtrack to that game, which is incredible. Like, I want to get to the battle music. The battle music is so good. <laughs> and I want to bring it on this show. It is. But they did bring another one of the excellent tracks, and this kind of plays in a lot of the final boss fights of you know, the, the current arc you're in, and that is To Sail Forbidden Seas from Masayoshi Soken. Again, another song uh, we brought, what, Fight the Flame? Find the Flame? Find the Flame. Find the Flame. Before, it's another track. It's great. It's epic. It's big. It has some calming moments. It's got, I think you said, the grunts, the orchestral <laughs> grunts that you get. That just Any song that has that is epic. So uh, enjoy that. Again, thanks for listening. We love you guys. We'll be back next week with six more things. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you.